You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. Good morning, everyone. How is everyone this morning? Good, great. My name is Krista Rosenbaum, and so for those of you I have not had a chance to meet yet, stop me after service. I love to get to know you and for you to get to know me a little bit. So um, how many of you guys love to read? Wow, quite a few. Okay, so I'm going to admit I don't like reading. I've never been a book reader at all. Um, And so I've been challenging myself to read more because when you're in school, you have to like to read. So I picked up this book um, during Thanksgiving and took it with me on my trip. And I just wanted to read you a little bit of an excerpt from it. It's called, Oddly Enough, Standing Out When the World Begs You to Fit In. And so in the intro... She said something that caught my eye. It says, It is in our greatest moments of imperfection, when we are broken and humbled, aware of our need for God, that he comes in and shows us the beauty in our ashes. So everything that we think makes us outcast is actually what makes us oddly enough. If you've ever felt insignificant, out of place, uncomfortable, and unqualified, I want to encourage you that that doesn't matter where you come from, what you've done, or what's been done to you. You have been qualified by the character built in your fall. The hardest part of your life gives you the greatest value. So when I was reading that, I couldn't help but think of Mary. And as I've been going through this text, I've been trying to put myself in her shoes what she would have been thinking, what she would have been experiencing. And so last week, we ended with Gabriel coming to her and giving her this message that's going to change her life. Um, I don't know if you've ever received life-changing news, news that the second that you heard it and found out that you knew your life would look completely different from here on out. Um, I've experienced that a couple of times. Not always a pleasant experience if you don't like change, but that's what Mary experienced that we heard about last week. And so in thinking about that, I tried to think about my experiences when I had heard life-changing news, what my reaction was. Um, In the fall of 2016, um, God kind of spoke into my life and told me I would be going in a different direction. Um, And that's not always easy to hear. But in the moments after um, I heard that, the first thing I did was phone a friend. You heard that from, um, who went with that? Who wants to be a millionaire? Phone a friend. And so, and a lot of times when life changes like that, that's what we do. We have people in our life that God has put to rely on. Um, In this case, it was late in the evening, and... Um, I mean, seconds after I heard this news, I called Jane Markin. And I knew I needed somebody in my life to encourage me, to love on me, um, to not tell me I was going crazy, because that's what I felt like. So think about 
who Mary was. She was human and she had feelings just like we do. Um, don't you think in the moments after Gabriel left, she would have been feeling, am I going crazy? Did I just see him? Is this message really meant for me? Was God really speaking to me? Are you, are you sure it wasn't the person next door that was supposed to receive this message? Um, you know, because God gets his geographical locations wrong sometimes, you know. Um, so I just can imagine that doubt would have started to set in pretty soon afterwards. That um, insecurities and the evil one would have started to play with her mind, I would think. And so as I was trying to put myself in her story, I thought, I know what I did. I called Jane. I phoned a friend. So that's what Mary did as well. And so the next part of the text that comes along is that Mary runs to Elizabeth's house. In fact, um, verse 39 says, A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judah, to a town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house of Elizabeth. It says she hurried there. She didn't waste time. And I'm sure she hurried there because she was needing confirmation that God really had put her on a different path, that he had spoken something new into her life, this new purpose. And as I was thinking about that, do you think that God has a purpose for your life? Yeah, I think that he has a purpose for your life, for my life. And I think that sometimes we think about that very smallly, and we don't tend to think about how our daily interactions can impact people's lives forever. And so God had spoken a new purpose on Mary's life. And in that, she runs and hurries to a friend, a mentor, somebody that she would have looked up to. But God didn't just allow her to, to sit and to keep her own understanding. He knew that she would need signs of his promises along the way. And so one of those signs would have been the angel Gabriel, right? It's not every day we see an angel come to us with a message from God. That would have been a big sign for her. The next, that Elizabeth was pregnant. We're told that Elizabeth was well along in her years and that she wouldn't have been able to conceive a child. That Gabriel tells her that Elizabeth is pregnant. So I'm sure, too, that Mary is wanting to find out for herself. Is Elizabeth really pregnant? Can you imagine her expression when she walks in and finds out that she is pregnant? So then it says in verse 41, At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaps within her, and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of the Lord should visit me? I sat with this for days and days and days. And every time I read it, the thing amazes me is that Mary goes to Elizabeth's house, and she opens the door, and she says, Hello. There's a greeting. And Elizabeth knows automatically that she will be the mother of the Son of God. Mary didn't tell her, oh, I'm pregnant, and by the way, this is the Son of God that I'm carrying. 
She didn't say that to her. She just said hello, and Elizabeth already knows. She wouldn't have been showing, because we says, you know, she went three days later. So how does Elizabeth know? Well, maybe Gabriel had come to her with a message. Maybe when the Holy Spirit comes upon her and it says she's filled with the Holy Spirit, maybe she already knows when Mary walks in that she's having a child. We don't know. I sat and pondered that for days, thinking about that. How does she know? But she knew. God had revealed this to her in some way that we'll never know. But I think that God did that on purpose because Mary needed a sign that the plan for her life was going to come to fruition, that this new purpose that God had given her would come true. And so this was another sign of God's promise that he put along the way. <clears throat> and then, thinking about that is... Elizabeth, like I said, would have been a mentor to Mary, right? She was an older woman in the family, somebody Mary would have been looking up to, somebody that Mary would have called to confide on, right? She would have, that's why she went there, was to confide in Elizabeth, and that she knew she would be going through the same things. <clears throat> and so Elizabeth tells her in verse 45, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. I can't imagine a mentor telling me that. That must have been so much confirmation for her that she was doing the right thing. That must have shut out the enemy's voice very quickly, that she was doing the right thing, that she was following the path that God had assigned her and living into this new purpose. And then we come to the part where Mary, she responds, it says. And this is a song of praise that she sings. It's called the Magnificat. And I was wondering, would you read this with me? We're at verse 46. It says, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lonely servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. Tremendous saints. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down the princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away children. He has helped his servant Israel and remembers to be merciful. For he has made his promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children And then it says in verse 56, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then went back to her own home. This song of praise is called the Magnificat. And Magnificat in Latin means to magnify. And so there are two different kinds of magnification. One, we think about like a microscope. You know, like in science class, you're looking in the microscope. So it takes something very small that the human eye cannot see, 
and it magnifies it where it becomes more visible, where we can analyze it and look at it. And then the other one is a telescope, where we take outside of the night sky and we take the moon that's this massive, huge thing, and we begin to see it more visible, right? We get to see the whole thing, and it, it puts it more in perspective of its actual size. So that's what Mary was looking at God through, this telescope. She knew this purpose that he had put on her life, and he, she was trying to bring it down to reality, to where she could actually analyze it and see it in its full scope. And in this song, the beginning she talks about, you would notice me, that you would see me. And I think, I keep going back in this over and over in my mind that I think about my self-confidence is not always the highest. I don't always have this voice in my head that speaks kindly to myself. And I wonder if Mary struggled with that too. And how this new purpose that God had put on her life would change that. Because at the beginning of her song, she says, you would notice me. She doesn't talk about how this is going to change the world, but she brings it down to herself that you would notice me. And then she goes on to say what an impact this child would have on the world. But I love the way that she begins it, that you would notice me. Because God has made you for a purpose and me for a purpose. And he notices us. In whatever imperfections we think we have, whatever the enemy speaks into our minds. I, I think that, you, you know, going back to the book, that uh, she would have thought she was unqualified and insignificant. There would have been times she would have thought that, just like I think that about myself sometimes. But God didn't see her that way. He noticed her, and he qualified her to fulfill his purpose. So today, um, Jake's going to come up and, and lead us in communion. But so oftentimes, we don't know what our purpose is here on earth. And I, I remember for years asking God about that. What's the next step? What's the path that I should be on? And so today, during communion, maybe you should just sit with that for a second and ask, does God have you on the path that he would intend you to be on? Is this path going to magnify the Lord? Is it going to show him through a telescope or is it going to show him through a microscope? Are we going to make him look as big as he really is in our 